this episode is is really important. We are going to handle this in a different way. Okay. Because we get to see hindsight in real time. Okay. You're not living this out right now. No. The, these letters and these notes that you've written on sticky notes and pieces of things. <laughs> whatever I could find. Yeah, whatever you could find yeah. are, are, are in a time uh, capsule. Right. And we get to see, we're dipping into this, into your treasures, into your journals, and we're pulling out pieces that are, all of it is worth discussing, but it's all sort of the same conversation. Right. And we get, because of your journaling, because you didn't throw anything out, because you have been, you gave yourself permission to have these raw conversations with yourself, we get to see now what was going on in your mind, what was happening. What is so powerful to me is this really fits in with the conversation that I've been having with different guests all week. My partner talked to me this weekend and he said, you know, there was a certain time in my life where I just felt uh, broken open by my experience. And when he said that, I was like, wow, babe, that's great. What a great, I wouldn't have put it that way. And he then went on to say, that he respected my journey, the breaking open that I felt, and that while we were in the same house, in a same relationship, doing the same thing and experiencing the same thing, we were processing it in a different way. And I then spoke with a guest recently about this idea of breaking open and and how life you know, you feel so bruised sometimes. It's just like when you get hurt, you're like, oh, I'm trying to recover from that. That mm-hmm. was a bruise. Or mm-hmm. some people feel fractured or broken open. Mm-hmm. And she identified this with me and said, you know, this whole idea of what you're talking about is so crazy because at my husband's funeral, I had a quote that went something like, um, the cracks in our life are the, the opening where light can shine through. And that is what you've done here. You have brought us the cracks, the messiness, what would be brokenness to -hmm. some people, Mm -hmm. but that is not your story. Your story is not brokenness. Your story is about living a life that worked for you, that was what it was. You're not going back to change it. No, no, no. look at what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. This has offered you the gift of seeing patterns. You know, some people don't journal. And when they are not journaling, then the memory just is in their head. And then they have to process all of that later. And it becomes confusing. Whereas with you, you've got it all written down. Mm-hmm. All this self-talk, all this stuff that you've, you know, you're encouraging yourself in lots of these writings. And that is so intriguing to me. And so I just wanted to say that you are a warrior. 
without question. Because to me, there is something about this courage and this bravery that has transcended my understanding. You have, you've often talked to me in when we're not on air about if one person, if one person is affected by what my story is, well, I want you to know I am that one person. Oh, thank you, Lori. And perhaps there might be one more or more than you think. Because like I said originally, I see myself here. Not to this degree, but I see my lack of self-esteem. I see my unworthiness. I see my shame. I'm looking at it when I'm, when I'm, but what you've done is you have put it on paper. So the stuff that I think in my brain or the self-talk that I do privately between myself and I, you're doing on paper and you're offering it to us. That is a warrior approach to life. You have broken the barrier. You've moved the barrier. You've kicked the door down and you've said, my life experience is going to be a gift to someone else that can free them. You know, that is the whole purpose of this show. That's, that's my tagline. It's like, this is why we are telling the story because you fit right in. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And so Honestly. for that very long introduction, let's jump in because you and I had a conversation yesterday over the phone. Yes. And, and this is what we, we need to remember. Because this is not happening in real time, when you do an episode and we record something, you walk away and we both go, okay, that was crazy. What? And then I ask you, well, what about that? What, how do you feel about when you said that? And you say, oh my gosh, it just cracked it right open for me. I, I'm, I, I was having such a hard time with that or I couldn't admit that. Or, I mean, we have these honest conversations mm-hmm. that are bringing us to this next place. Mm-hmm. So instead of us, you know, diving deep into the next phase of the story. Right. We are going to talk about your response to our previous interview. Okay. Because I think that that carries the real time that's connected to your story. Yes. Yeah. So something that happened to you this last while this last week mm-hmm. was you wrote down three pages. <laughs> you came to me today with well, like three Lori, pages. I mean, well, actually, that's more than three pages. Look at all this. I've always felt, yes, when I feel it, I write it. I've always felt it's healing to me because, and I think it's something somebody said to me when I was younger that um, the, the unhealthiness of keeping everything inside, especially when things are just like, sorry. Especially, I'm destroying. I'm destroying equipment in the um, She's using interview her hands room. to talk. Um, so I've always, um, if I feel it, I write it. And I think I know somebody said to me when I was younger that the unhealthiness of keeping things that cause you turmoil, cause you upset inside, 
aren't really helping you so much. And so even as a young girl, I would start writing it down because I felt that if I could write down my words that I'm feeling in the moment and look at them later, it was much easier to process and find a healing point through it. And so, Lori, when you ask me a question, and it's one question, and I ended up with four pages later, it was a good question. Right. Like, I, it like, was. I, I do, yeah, I, it's, it just pours out of me. And they are my true feelings, and they are raw, and they're in the moment. And it is interesting to look back, and I think that was your question. And, so. and what's amazing to me is that you are in touch with this. Oh, like, yes. You're yeah. 52. This was when you were, this was 18 to 28 years old. Yes. This is like, it's not like it's just current. It's a lifetime ago. It, it, right. <laughs> it feels and like a yet, lifetime ago sometimes. Yet, this is the encouragement for every person to be able to say, we can, we get to, we get to look back. We are allowed to revisit. Sure we are. You get the permission and have given yourself the permission Mm -hmm. to look backwards. Even if it's years later. I mean, look, I've had to journal and I've had to document my life because it's how I have allowed myself to heal from it and learn from it. And 52 years old, I'm still learning who I can be in a relationship and who I am to myself and what my value is to me. Do you know what I mean? So. that's amazing. Yeah, it, and, it's and, still and, a process, but, but it's 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 a good process to me. And now it is. It's it's um it's uplifting to me to be able to have these conversations with you and have somebody really want to listen to what I have to say because I think somewhere throughout all of this there's something that's going to hit everybody that's anybody that's listening in their own way. Well, I like think I somebody said. will yeah. Like I said, I, I would consider myself a confident person, but I see the crack that is pouring through and is saying to me, yeah, but I still want to heal the unworthiness that you felt. I mean, there's residue from our lives. Oh, sure there is. And this reveals the residue. Oh, I remember it clearly. Yes. The, um, the feelings. Yeah. It was interesting because we had a conversation on the phone mm-hmm. um, and I I had asked you a question. I said... What is it like to look back and see it all now? That was your question. And we got four pages. Yes, you did. But um, something that I thought was really important is, I'm just turning the page here too. It's not that it's not important. No, no, no. Yeah. Something that stuck out to you though. But you talked about this pattern. Mm-hmm. You saw a pattern in your life. Just recently, I've just kind of, it's all kind of come into fruition for me where I just thought, it was a light bulb moment where I just thought, wait a minute, you know, with other relationship that I've had since, you know, being a mom yeah. or since leaving him. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And you've identified the pattern. I did identify the pattern and I'm kind of really... Empowered by that. <laughs> I really like that I finally, it's like that just clicked. So what, what was the pattern for you? I realized, okay, so I realized a pattern in my life because, and it does stem back to those 10 years with him, and it does stem back to the moment I left him and the and the few years following. Because 
I felt that, and we all do deserve, to be given and have somebody reach out to us and say, you know what, you matter enough. And when I left him, there is a big part of me that, that prayed, that hoped for the longest time that he would quit drinking, that he would come for me, that he would say, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? I, we can't lose this. We've put 10 years I in. I can't live we without mean, you. <laughs> we mean everything to each other. I'm going to fix this. I want you to come back. And that never happened. A few years later, and this t- ties into my pattern, but a few years later, um, I asked him, I said, why didn't you come? Why didn't you come for me? We had a conversation and he said, because I was told in life a long time ago that if somebody wants to go, you have to let them. And it's uh, the, the words that I've hung on to for a long time, but I asked because it's something that I wanted so desperately. I just wanted, I felt that if I left, it would be a big enough and a significant enough thing for him to want to change, to want to stop that pattern, that unhealthy drink with the drinking, with the, you know, and the drinking is what brought on the verbal abuse and everything else. Um, We, there's so many different types of substance abuse relationships. There's so many different types of abusive relationships. Um, Some people are just plain mean, and you just got caught up in it, and you're there, and there's, you know, I'm not going to say there's not that love there, but every single person and every single relationship is different. In my relationship, there was this teamwork, there was this partnership, there was this love, there was this... I felt safe. I felt secure. But he did too. We did that for each other. We brought out the best in each other, and alcohol brought out the worst in him. And that was our downfall. Me leaving is something I had to do because I had to. That was not going to change. When I left, I thought it would. And I prayed, and I hoped. And he never did. And I think that somehow embedded itself into my soul that I thought, well, Maybe it's up to me. Maybe it's up to me. And it, it was a total subconscious thing. Um, I became a single mom five years later. I was probably, my son was probably about eight or nine when I decided maybe I put my life, personal life on the back burner for a number of years. I started dating. I dated one person. I dated another person. And the last one just more recently. Each situation when things got bumpy or when we hit hurdles or, you know, you know, obstructions in life that kind of cause upset in relationships, um, each time it was me that reached out, that said, let's fix this. Let's make this work. Like, I love you. Like, I want to, like, you know, come on, we're good. This is good, right? Yeah. I guess, I guess, I mean, each time I felt like... Um, I'm pausing and I'm sorry because I'm reflecting and I should be having a pen and paper in front of me to write it down. But each time I, 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 I tried, I was the one that took the first step to try and fix things. And things got fixed. And this one lasted two years. This one didn't last very long. I don't, this one's not as significant as the first one and the last one. 
Um, and then I came to this realization that I think that this upsets, these situations upset me when they end. They upset me so much because um, I don't understand why somebody's not fixing it for me. And, and I'm always... Someone's not can helping we stop? you. Can we stop for a second? Let me just interject if I could. Mm-hmm. There's something interesting about what you're saying. Okay. You wanted someone to rescue you. I did because I deserve that. I deserve somebody to say, oh, my God, you're wonderful. Why am I letting this person go? Why am I? Like, I want somebody and to come to me. you wanted it from the very first relationship. The very first. Because how could somebody treat me yeah. like this? How could someone mistreat me? How could someone pick alcohol over me? How could someone verbally um, abuse me? How could they say those things? You're, this is really actually where I'm going to write this. I'm going to read what you wrote. Okay. Can I? Okay. Let me read what you wrote because I want everyone who's listening right now to get a peek into the way you do things. And I think this is the way lots of people do things. You write, dear me. It's okay that you make mistakes. Sometimes the pain from mistakes is what makes you grow. It's okay that you go too far or push too much. It reminds you that you are passionate about things that really matter to you. It's okay that you fall into tears. The tears release the pain and allow yourself to free, freely feel the pain. Pain creates a knowledge that you need to learn from. It's important to remember that pain is a part of living. Without pain, we would lose touch with compassion towards ourselves and others and what they might be feeling. Please be proud of who you are and believe in who you are and love this about yourself that you believe in others too. Sincerely, me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is your heart's desire right there. Sure. You were not seeing what you see now. And what I'm seeing, which is we are responsible for our own happiness. Oh, sure. Yes. We are responsible to bring ourselves into a place of acceptance and connection and love, self-love, so that we can give to others. But it's from that loving of yourself. It's choosing Mm -hmm. yourself first Mm -hmm. that is the key to being empowered. Yes. So the pattern you are seeing is the pattern of that person is going to stop and it will make me happy. I will only be happy if they stop drinking. I will find value. I will feel accepted if he chooses me over his drinking. If he chooses to stop saying things that make me feel sad, that he stops talking to me in in a condescending way. 
that is not powerful, that is not making me feel safe and connected. So for you, your pattern is the relationships you're in need to bring you something. Yes. What did you write down here? I wrote down a small note because I wrote a poem about him after he passed. And in that poem, and these words just stick in my head, and I think that is what has transformed me and brought me to the realization that I came to the other day. And it's part parcel with it because in wanting him to say, I'm sorry, to say, let's fix this. I'm going to do this to make it better. I'm going to, you know, but that never happened. I also never looked back. I walked away from there and I never looked back. It was the strongest, one of the strongest things I have ever done for myself in my life. And I never looked back. And I, there was that enough strength in me that I thought, no, I'm not going to fix this. I think me trying to fix other relationships that I've been in since is my, I think it's almost like a subconscious exhaustion where it's just because nobody has ever really shown me that and shown me that I'm worth it. Um, it's like I scrapped, I'm not going to look back. I, I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to make this work. But as a result, it's not. The and thing you is- you said, I always want to fix it. And why are you not fixing it? And then you say, but then they go and they leave me. Yeah. You know what? I, I... But, but here's the thing. Let's, um, let's highlight this point. Okay. What you are learning and discovering right now mm-hmm. from the conversations we've had that have not been in mm-hmm. podcast form mm-hmm. is that you are finding this within yourself. I am. And it's something I am changing. And this is the right revelation <laughs> that like you right now. have woken up. Yeah. And that you have realized at 52, which is inspiring to anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, like most people say, oh, 52 is a, like, you know, 52-year-olds go, I do not need to change. <laughs> I've been through a lifetime. I'm not changing anymore. Well, you are. And you are making these choices that are opening the door for you. But this is the gateway of a deeper self-love for yourself. The love that you've always extended yourself in these writings yep. is now growing within yourself. It is. The yes. self-acceptance, the, the self-doubt that you would put on paper, the safety that you craved, the knight in shining armor that you have wanted to save you. You are it. You are the person that's saving your own self. Saving myself. And and, I, and let's just give a high five to this. Okay, I'll high five. <laughs> because that to me is essential. It is. Well, you have to save yourself. I mean, look, look, I, I, um, last year was my breaking point. Right. Last year was my breaking point. Um, for a few reasons. It's not that I, okay, so just, just to recap, it's not that I want to be saved. 
I want to be loved like I'm willing to love. And that's all it is. Not right now. You don't want to be saved right now. But your writings and your story, you wanted to be saved. I did. Oh, yes. Yes. Without question. Yes. Going forward, my, you know, clear, healthy mind and things that I've been through even most recently, it's not about being saved. Right. It's just finding that person. But I realized... And my my visual is a circle. I realized that in the circle I was standing in, nobody in there is that person that's going to make me feel like that. I think because of the heart that I possess, I just kept hoping that it was my turn, that it was my turn for happiness. Look, Lori, I'm 52 years old. You're young. I've been pretty much (laughs) technically single since I left somebody when I was 28. Um, I gave myself a long time before doing this. But yes, the people that have either been welcomed into the circle that I was in or were a part of the circle I was in, um, I say was because I'll explain that in a second. Yeah, so the visual is... The visual is that, so, okay, so let's say at 18 years old, I left high school and there's this big, I stepped into my circle, my first circle. And in this circle over the years are people that my heart has loved and Mm. people that have been a part of me and my life and my journey in different ways. Hmm. Well, while I'm in this circle, the only thing I can do is just keep moving around the circle. Right. Um, because the circle's limited. I can't go any further than that one line, than that one, you know, mm. pattern. So in a moment, while I was writing stuff, well, you know, you'd ask me questions, we'd have phone conversations. In a moment, I stopped and thought, wait a minute. And it was a clear present thought. I looked around at what shared the circle with me, and I thought, well, I won't swear, okay, but I good. thought, forget this. And very logically, I lifted one foot and stepped it on the other side of the circle, and then I took the other foot and stepped it on the other circle, and I looked in the circle and I thought, it's almost as if it disappeared. I'm, I'm like, I don't need to be in a circle. What I need to do and what I feel like this process is helping me do is create a new vision for myself and be the person that I was meant to be. And that's why I'm able to do this with you and bear my soul and share it with somebody else because it's almost as if, look, I love who I am. I love the heart I possess. I love how it works. I love how... I am to people. I love who I am. That's it's been a it's been a process, but I've always I've always cared about who I am. You sure have. You've written it. Um, you've written it in words. You've said oftentimes you're the only I point feel, of affirmation for yourself. Yeah, but I feel like what this is doing for me, looking back twenty five years at where it started, I feel like this is me being allowed to recreate who I really am 
and somebody that I maybe haven't fully acknowledged over the years. Last year was um, very significant in bringing me to this point. I didn't deal emotionally with situations that, in a way that um, is respectful towards myself. And so, and so you said something. Mm-hmm. You said, somebody I maybe haven't acknowledged over the years is yourself. And not in its entirety, no. No, not yes. in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you stepped out of the circle. The circle is the cycle. Yes. The circle is the cycle. It is the cycle. You were in a cycle. Well, how else, according to the law of sowing and reaping, well, how else, what else is going to come to you if you're stuck in a circle and you're living this cycle and you're living this pattern out in varying degrees with different people in in different men, different relationships that come your way, it's the same cycle of, of what you're just discussing. I was surrounding myself with what I was used to. And it was what you were putting out into the world. But it wasn't working for me. And so the world could only bring you what you were putting out. And ta-da, exactly. you step out of the cycle and all of a sudden, now there's this space for God or the universe or whatever, something bigger than yourself to gently shine light in those places where you have not seen light before. It's, it's, it's funny to say that a day can change everything, but it changed, it changed my thought process. It changed who, it changed not who I am, but how I will conduct myself going forward, how I will respect myself by who I allow in going forward. Well, and you also respect yourself by, the 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 depth of care that you now are showing yourself mm. you've moved it's just this and and i know nobody can see this i like i'm i'm witnessing it mm-hmm. but there is a difference there is a difference in the light and in the in your countenance and this is so real and so raw i love how this is coming forward. You, you asked me a, a little a minutes ago to pause because you, and you said, I, I feel like my words are all rambling. And, and I want to say this, and I won't edit this part. I want to say that that doesn't matter. This is actually real life healing. This is real story that is unedited, unfiltered. This is raw. <laughs> yes. This is how we all think. Mm-hmm. This is what we do when we're at the coffee shop or we're having a glass of wine or we're talking to our friends or talking to ourselves in the car. This is the cycle of the brain. This is how we heal by going over the messiness and pulling at it and seeing what what way works. Yes. This oh, and then you 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 dip over here and you go, okay, well, I heard myself say that. 
And then the response was this, and now I'm going to say that. And now you flip and you you readjust yourself, and it's all about the real way we heal. Yes. Okay, This is fair not enough. something, you're not sitting on an, a TV show somewhere where you got 10 minutes like, to quickly tell live? your story. <laughs> is this going to be live? <laughs> right? You've got a, a moment here where you are, and the, the gift of what we get to do together is we get to do this. Yeah. This is called possibility. And possibility does not end for a warrior. Possibility is sitting here waiting for you. When you choose to move out of a cycle, when you step back and become the witness of your life, possibility says, do you want more? And you say, yes, I do. Thank you very much. This is beautiful to me. Oh, this is Thank the you story. So and this story is unfiltered and unedited. And I will not touch these beautiful jewels because you may look back and go, oh, I'm rambling. And I go, absolutely not. That is the healing process. You are able to receive as the conversation opens up. Yeah. And if this was on video, the, your demeanor and your body language is different. I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is engaging in a story, your mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. and you're sharing it with me. Who wants to do that? Who wants to talk about things that might bring someone else's judgment? You. Because you're moving into a place that says, yeah, okay, I've experienced a lot of judgment in my life. That's okay. Because I know where I'm going and I stepped out of a cycle and I don't need permission to see myself anymore. I don't need permission to say, I'm amazing. I don't need permission to say what I've done and how I've thought in my life. No. You do not need permission. (laughs) And we are laughing because... Lori. Hey, look. You gave me your special treasures and I can barely touch them because I feel so privileged to touch them. But I want to say that what, if you could see, I was holding up a contract that you wrote to your partner at that time. (laughs) And I remember that. This is so, and I say this. Because this is a very, this is really, really cool. I can see it happening on your face Mm -hmm. where you're realizing that that cycle doesn't exist within you anymore. No, I lost it a couple of days ago. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I did with it. Bye-bye. Hope you like your next life. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what I'm holding? Um. I'm holding this paper that is very old and I... I'm treating it in that way because it 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 feels very Can okay. I quickly tell you the rundown of why that contract is written in a few sentences? I had to ask permission for everything. I never had my own money in those 10 years. He took care of, he controlled everything. I had two girlfriends wanting to go to Seattle for a shopping weekend. I was never really allowed to go away from him overnight, things like that. It was it was always his his what he wanted. So in going down there, I it took me about a week 
to say, you know, kind of say, I would, this is what I'd like to do. I'm going down with these two people, but I need some spending money. And so he allowed me a certain amount of spending money and allowed me to go. I think I, if I remember correctly, I came home to not a very happy person because I was gone for two days. But it didn't matter to me because I, I was able to grasp little moments in those 10 years that were about me, that I had fun with my girlfriends, that I didn't get to do all the time. So, so this is what the contract is. So this contract is um, <sighs> I, such and such, so and so, his name, will let my one and only love Forever and ever, Jana Louise Baxter, go on a shopping spree with $200. She can go two weeks from today, May 22nd, 1988, and spend her heart out. This is our own legal contract. And if I fail to go through with it, I have to give her a massage every night from that date for a whole month. And he signed it. That, that his name is in print, and then he signed the signature. Witnessed by your name in print, mm-hmm. and then your personal signature. P.S. In addition, if I fail to massage her every night, as stated above, she does not have to, in any case, give me, the full name of your partner at the time, a massage for one entire year. That never happened. 365 <laughs> days from that date. And his name in signature, your name printed, and then witnessed by Jenna Louise Baxter. Okay. I remember writing this because I felt that unless I had it in writing, I was going to get grief about it when I got home. And so I had, this is my backup. And this is outstanding. (laughs) This is amazing. It's like, I just, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's two things I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the person that goes, how could anyone let somebody control them in that way Mm -hmm. where you work as hard as he did, Mm -hmm. you had a business together Mm -hmm. and not have any level of control. And why would you stay? So that is the question. And that's the honest question. It's a fair question from some people. Sure. So if, if that is a question, can we stay on track and answer that question? Why the question being why would anybody allow somebody to control them like that? And yeah. the, unless unless you have experienced um, a personality like the one I lived with for ten years, um, and this this control started very early on. It's it, it's it might be impossible to understand. So there was a level of manipulation that pulled you in. So what you talked about um, somewhere is the flip side. So the flip side was this winsome, unbelievably magnanimous, uh, you know, charismatic individual that everybody loved. And then you got the flip side. You know, it's really interesting because again, 
I, I bring this back because um, I was thinking about this this morning as I was prepping for this. And I thought, yeah, you know, so often we see this person and they come into our life and it's this connection, this, you know, fireworks, love at first sight. Oh my gosh, I love him. (laughs) Oh my God, I love her. And, you know, and it's like you can do no wrong and there's all sorts of things that happen. And there's expectations and there's dreams and there's all these things that that unite you together. The Mm -hmm. expectation of, Oh, we have the same thing in common. No, we want to go here. Shim, shim, shim. You're telling your stories and you're connecting. And then, as they say, like the honeymoon is over. Mm -hmm. And you're left with dealing with loss of expectation, Mm -hmm. dashed dreams. It's like we see the um, higher self in somebody. My husband saw the beauty in me. And I saw the beauty in him. And then life comes and says, if you see that beauty, then I raise you 10 because that's her ugly side. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, here, here's really me. And, and, and he's looking at me going, um, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I totally am. (laughs) We do that to people. We do that to the people that we love. They see different aspects of who we are. Okay. And the lesson of relationships is sometimes when you see the person, who the person is, you walk away. Mm -hmm. You just go, all right, it's over. No more. Sure. Yes. Some people go, but I made a commitment and I can't leave. So I'm just going to endure this. And then the person adjusts themselves and maybe they see and they have their own aha moment. And they're like, okay, well... I, I, I'm mistreating. So I'm going to pull back. I'm going to change that. I'm going to actively seek my own healing journey. And then there are others who, after this period is over, they see this person, they see that flip side and they do not have the tools, the voice, the skill set, the self-esteem to say, I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm out because Mm -hmm. perhaps they believe that they're nothing without that person. Or that person makes you believe that you're nothing without them in, which is in my case. So, okay. So you asked me, um, how would I explain to somebody that didn't understand that? And I've got about five, six statements here that I wrote down the other day that might clarify that a little bit. Whether we've been dating about six, seven months, we just got our first apartment um, uh, he, he, something happened and I got scared. He scared me and I didn't really know what to do. But even though, I mean, I've stepped out of that circle, but it is, it is a part of my heart that I do. I'm a healer. I want to make things better. I've always wanted so things to be okay. he did something to you? He reacted to a situation in a way that frightened me. Okay. Okay. And so here's where I learned very early in the relationship, and I stuck it out for another nine years past real past realizing what my role was if I'm staying. Interesting. Um, first one, I learned not to react. 
because it made it worse. And I didn't want things to be worse, so I didn't react. After the first time, I didn't react. I let it happen. So the first time when he threw that shoe? Yep. You knew the words to never say again. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Four words that could destroy my any day of my so life. You knew. I knew that was right your away. moment. Okay, don't say that. Don't say that. But you also knew how to not react with different responses that he had mm-hmm. outside of that. So I go on to say I learned to appease because it calmed him if I was just kind and forgiving. So when you would when he would act, so something would happen and you would move into appeasing him, it would be would you move around the truth of what had happened and just be like, it's okay? I it's wouldn't okay. discuss what had just happened. I wouldn't point it out. I wouldn't bring it up. What I would do was make him feel loved. Wow. I would like, you know, I called him, called him so bear. So you would take care of him. <clears throat> I would take care of him. As if and he I would was make now it the okay. victim and you were not the victim. It's almost like if you have a child and they're out of control and you just, you know how to calm them and you're just like, honey, it's okay. And you just kind of make it okay. And that's what I did. And it was so a pattern. You were the nurturer. Yeah. Um, I learned wow. to follow his rules. They were all his rules. Um, because doing according to what he decided was just bloody easier. And so if you said, uh, like a simple thing, uh, I want to go for coffee and he'd say, yes, but we're going here. And you'd say, okay, but if, if he, you- yes, he could change the plan like that. And I would be like, I would do whatever he wanted me to do. And how did that, how did that work in your friendships with your friends? So I didn't I didn't have friendships with my friends for my 20s. My friends were all out there being 18 to 30. My friends were all out there going to clubs and going to bars and having fun and feeling like grown-ups and doing their thing. And I felt caged in. I had one person in my life that was allowed to be a part of my everyday life and come over. Um, and that was because he authorized that? Well, that and she was just as bull-minded as he was, so she would not leave. She would be like, like, heck, I am not making myself present if this is how she's living. Wow. <clears throat> and they would get into spitting matches and conversations. If he didn't, if he said something that didn't sit right with her, she would, she would get in his face and she would tell him what's what and he would get right back. But she understood why I loved him. Did he ever? Only person in my life that actually understood the entirety of what I was living and the love that actually was there, why I loved him, who he was. She was the only person willing to accept and see all of it. This is so amazing to me because when you say that to me, again, the honest thought is, but how did you love him? Oh, Lori, I just... He is literally the most unique. This is going to sound really strange, but kind, yeah, loving, funny, like full of life, full of magic person I have ever known in my life. (coughs) Love him to this day. I love him to this day. Even though I've gone through all this and I'm going through all this, I know who he was. Not very many people in my life were willing to see that. This one person that was there, that he allowed in, sought. 
she saw that too. She saw it too. And so then, but, and he would throw in certain things and, and, and in some levels, maybe even abuse her, but she would just, she wouldn't take any of it. Oh no. When I'm talking spit matches, they were nose to nose and she would be like, don't you dare talk to her like that. And he'd be It would always be about you. You're in my home and la la. And he would try to throw it back at her, but she had just as much strength of nature as he did. So they would be face to face. And I would sit kind of cowering in the back of the room thinking, what is this going to end and how is this going to end? (laughs) Right. But it did. And and she was advocating for you. She was. Yeah. Oh, bless her. We all need an advocator. Um, Like, was was that how you saw her in a sense? Now, now, yes. but not then. Then I was just grateful to have somebody allowed to be around, like to hang out with and do stuff with other it. than him. That's amazing. Okay, next one. Um, I became accustomed to making his life easy in turn, I, because in turn I thought mine would be. Um, right, gonna, and that's, that's a level of a, appeasement. Oh, very much sense. so, yeah. Um, I didn't like his anger because I never knew... What would happen or what would be destroyed? So I was very careful. I did appease. I did calm almost every single situation that would go down right down to a spilt drink on the sofa or something like that. And I was very, um, oh, that's no problem. Like everything was just calm. I just kept everything. But it's it's my nature to be calm. It's my nature to But you were just find fixing peace. it. I you was were fixing not, it. So in all of these situations. I was fixing it. I wasn't that, fixing it. <laughs> right. Because what you were doing was going, well, this will fix it. If I behave this way, it will fix it. It'll make it go away. It'll make it go away. It'll fix it. And then fixing I'll have it, those. Fixing yes. it for you was making it go away. Mm-hmm. Whereas now in your life, you're going, that fixed nothing. No. That's no, an important it didn't. distinction. That's what I meant. It fixed the moment. It didn't fix the entirety of the situation. Because that because when may he came not down, have been really even you. Like, what I, what I mean when I'm I saying that- I was 18 that, when I met right? him. I didn't really know who I was at that well, point, it was right? Just it, right? Yeah. So you're like, okay, so I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fix it. I'm going to walk on eggshells. But you're, from what I know of you- that is not the person that you are. No, Lori, because I am a warrior. <laughs> but you, but this was inter- interesting because the thing that you were thinking about mm-hmm. is this will make it go away. This will yeah. fix it. But what you may not have been aware of at the time is that this was heartache and messiness that you have had to unpack for the rest oh, of it was your layer life. after layer after situation after situation after moment after moment that just embedded itself into me that I had to unravel 25 years ago when I left him and with this I'm unraveling it now so I've said all these things that I learned not to re- react I learned to appease I learned to follow his rules I became accustomed to making his life easy. I was very, very cautious on any given day of how not to bring on that anger, but really never knew when it was going to hit or when it was going to come at me. It kind of just, it was right out of left field. In turn, in turn, my morale slowly diminished and my esteem was being destroyed because of my actions. Wow. Because of my, yes. Wow. Okay, so 
Would you say that again? In turn, my morale slowly diminished and my esteem was being destroyed because of my actions, because of how I decided to deal with my life and myself and my situation. And I'm just going to pause here. You did it. This is evidence that the cycle you were living in, that the circle you were walking around in, what you just said there is evidence that you stepped out. Oh, I have. I can feel it. I know I stepped out. Oh, it's pretty emotional. My life has been emotional. (laughs) (laughs) You and I are laughers, hey? Like, when it gets... Emotional and weird, we start laughing. I have to. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. It's okay. Life is better when you're laughing. Did you know that? Well, it is, and it's also better when you cry because crying releases the sadness. Oh, I've cried a lot. I know you have. That is really powerful to me. And because at some level, to really move forward, I know for me, I've had to own it. I can't pass the buck on the person that, you know, is mistreating me. Because really at the end of the day, the mis- I've allowed it. When a person, you know, people show you who they are. And when they do that, the very first time we have to believe them. I don't think for me in my own life that I've done that well, until the last, you know, until my mid-30s. I didn't realize that when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Like, wake up now. Wake up now. Walk away now. Get out now. So many people are offered that moment in life. They're offered that moment when they meet that person, whether it's a girl or whether it's a guy. They meet the person and they go, wait a minute, I have a moment where I can step away and I can choose. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that doesn't, the revelation and the power of that doesn't happen until you're older and it becomes a part of your story and then you live out that story. I feel like that's the point of what this is all about though. This, these, these conversations between you and I and this unraveling that I'm going through. Um, because sometimes life seems so difficult. It seems so difficult to kind of swim through. I mean, right. you, you in situations and you just want to do the right thing. And look... Nobody wants a relationship to end when you, you've invested time in it. I've been taught never to give up. I was never taught not. I was never taught to give up. Right. Okay. So, um, and I came from a good foundation of parents where they showed me a good example of a healthy, you know, work together relationship. And so, 
That was my mindset. The thing is, is that, um, and what I just said and why we paused is because um, it was an emotional moment and I kind of like. Oh, you made the, I you made made the, the, uh, the motion of a light bulb a light going bulb off going in your off head. Because as I was saying that, it's almost like it's just, um, it's becoming solidified in my, my thought process. Um, to use your words on yourself. It's becoming embedded. Yes. You say that a lot. You say, this was embedded. <clears throat> yes. And I go, how cool. I love how you describe that. Okay. But now what you're doing is because you are broken open, mm-hmm. the healing can come through. Yes. And, and it doesn't take much to dislodge something. You said the cycle and that circle, it was gone within seconds of when you envisioned and, 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 and envisioned, envisioned in your mind a circle and then visually stepped out of that circle. It dissipated. The cycle is gone. And this is the power moment here because so many of us live in a life that says, I'm never getting out of this circle. So, but the point is, yes, you, you can. You're showing us. Just do it. And and it's hard. It's well, hard. But if I could, I mean, look. If I, you can do it, we, we, we're, sh- you're showing people that they can do it. Whether they're 19 yes, years you old, can do it. met a girl and went, this is the light of my yes, life. Yes, you can do it. Yeah. Because you know what? You, we make life more difficult in general than it needs to be. By we what? Do. By reinforcing a cycle. Yes. And an old story of your parents were saying to you, and I know your mother would say, oh my God, Jana, I wasn't saying never give up means like live your dreams, pursue mm. your successes, live a life, not like get out. I, I may have taken a little <laughs> out of context. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it's like, ah! I know if your mom's listening, she's like, I, no, this is not the what thing I is, meant. <laughs> the thing is, and what I really want to put through in all of these conversations is that each and every one of us has the innate power to stop and make a decision. There's two parts of me. One part says, when he threw that shoe and it missed you by a hair of hitting you in the face, but it went through the door instead. Run! Pack your bags and get the out, right? Because no question. Because I did have enough esteem at that point, and I should have done that. But there's my mind, well, we just moved into this place. Like, well, you know, this, maybe we can get Pat. Maybe he's just drunk. Maybe this, maybe that. The problem is... I wouldn't, and, 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 I wouldn't change, and I have to, I have to add to okay. that because the other flip side of that is that I wouldn't change one single moment of those 10 years or of any moment of my life because between you, me, and the lamppost, I have an amazing 18-year-old son, and I wouldn't trade that for the world. And if I hadn't gone through everything I've gone through, I would not be there. You're right. And I'm not, I'm not, I, Without I question. N- not one single regret, but I, what I want to put across is that and not for future children you may ha- might have. <laughs> right. If you're in a situation like that, you deserve, because it's only going to be up to you to give yourself the very, very best in life. It's not up to somebody else to give you the best in life. It's not up to somebody to rescue. You need to rescue yourself. You are allowed to give yourself everything you deserve emotionally, 
everything, mostly emotionally. Because you matter. We, ma- we all matter. Situations like that aren't right. And, and I, it breaks my heart. And I know that there's way too many people caught up in situations like that, and maybe in them right now, that feel lost, that feel scared, that feel helpless, that feel they have no resources, that feel they don't know what to do. Find something. Find that reason within yourself and change it. Because you did. 25 years later, but yes. And you did. You left after 10 years. After 10 years, yes. That was was my first strong moment in life. Thank you. Thank you. For what you did in this moment, this time we had together. Thank you for cracking yourself open a little bit further. Thank you for allowing your brokenness to be the light of inspiration for other people. Thank you for showing us that even when it's messy and even when you're feeling weak, that there is a warrior within each and every one of us. And that that warrior is not looking at and functioning from a place of self-love and the understanding the value of who she or he is, then that's something to fight about. Mm-hmm. And I want to say thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. I wouldn't, I, I mean, I don't know how I would process this journey that I want to be on without running into you that day. And so I, I, I'm very, so very grateful. You have no idea. Well, you have no idea. To be able to like How amazing show you all my cracks. Well, and, it, <laughs> and you're showing me mine. Yeah. My- <laughs> Thank you, Lori. I think we all have plumber's crack right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you're ending it? That's how I'm ending it. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> <laughs> My cup says, I melt for no one. <laughs> <laughs> Till our next episode. Oh. I hope you uh, join us for the next one.